Shalom. We are so glad you're joining us on this episode of Our Hope. We created this podcast as a resource for followers of Yeshua, where they can learn more about Israel, the Bible, and the Jewish community. Together, we discuss Messianic apologetics, dive into scripture, and hear stories from Jewish believers in Jesus. If you've enjoyed our podcast series, please consider supporting us at ourhopepodcast.com support. You could also help us by sharing this podcast on social media, talking about it with your friends and family, or by writing a review on Apple Podcasts. We are so grateful for you, and we hope this episode of Our Hope is both enlightening and encouraging. Welcome to Our Hope, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this podcast, you will hear inspiring testimonies, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Wherever you're listening, we hope you lean in, listen closely, and be blessed. Repentance is a central part of the gospel. It is an essential step to believing in the Messiah, both when we first turn to him and as we go about this journey with him. Repentance can be a painful process as it involves confessing sin and acknowledging our need for God's help. Thankfully, repentance is also a healing process. It paves the way for us to receive God's forgiveness and transforming power. We hope this episode encourages you that God's grace is abundant. He delights to forgive, and that is sure to change your life. It certainly changed the life of today's guest, Dr. Seth Postel. He's the academic dean of Israel College of the Bible and author of the books, Adam as Israel in Reading Moses, Seeing Jesus. He also contributed several chapters to the Moody Handbook of Messianic Prophecy. I now introduce the host of our Hope podcast, Abe Vazquez. Welcome back, everyone, to another season of Our Hope. Uh, we are now in season eight. Um, yeah. I am just so delighted and excited uh, to to come this far. It's quite the accomplishment. Podcasts can be very hard, especially when you're doing them week to week. And I don't know how people do them day to day. <laughs> That's some hard work. But you know, we put a lot of our our passion and energy um, behind creating these episodes, um, really, so that we can just continue to encourage you as you listen. Uh, if you're driving to work, if you're um, cleaning up around the house, and you're listening, we just we just want to be an encouragement to you. That's our hope pun intended. And so today, uh, we're really excited to have a new guest. Uh, you, in the past, you've heard from Chosen People Ministries staff members and uh, people who you may have heard at our conferences before. Uh, but this person is new. Uh, he's spoken at a, at a couple of our conferences, and you may have seen his video on our social media. Uh, he shared his testimony on I Found Shalom. We'll talk a little bit about that in a bit. Today, we have Dr. Seth Postel. Seth, Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for accepting the invitation. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, so we ask every new guest a very deep theological question, um, something that uh, you may not be able to answer. 
Um, what is your favorite food? That's a great question. I think um, a New York bagel, lox, and cream cheese is among my top favorites. Yes, um, absolutely. I, I also, I, I think a close second, actually, my wife makes really good crispy chicken wings in her walk. Ooh, Ooh. that is okay. delicious. <laughs> that is delicious. I, you know, me and my wife actually just purchased a wok, and I cannot wait for it to come in. Uh, we got the stove attachment and everything, so we can get the fire nice and hot. So... <laughs> That is awesome. Well, you know, like I said, thank you again uh, for being with us. Uh, We already mentioned that you're the dean of Israel College of the Bible. Would you tell us a little bit about what makes this college unique? So actually, people will probably better know the name uh, One for Israel. Mm -hmm. So it would be the One for Israel Bible College in Israel. We call it Israel College of the Bible, but it's One for Israel Bible College. Mm -hmm. And um, what makes our college unique is we're actually... um, we are a, a, an accredited uh, Bible college uh, that serves uh, both Jews and Arabs here in the land of Israel. Wow. You know, we, we, we've seen over the years, um, God, God's really at work in Israel over the last, you know, I'd say over the last 25 years, mm-hmm. um, the, the congregation, the, the, the Messianic congregation has grown exponentially. Mm-hmm. Nice. And um you know, we've also seen God doing some great things among um, Arabs as well. And so our college is one of these, it's a, it's a, it's a place where Jews and Arabs come together uh, to study the word of God um, and are encouraged to pray for our people, encouraged to reach our people uh, with the good news of Yeshua. That is awesome, Seth. And we just wanted to share We know the story of how you first came to faith. Your I Found Shalom testimony is one of our top performing videos on our Facebook page. So having you here, it's hard not to be a little bit starstruck. Just wanted to let you know. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. It's so true. Uh, So let's jump into today's topic. Uh, We're going to be talking about repentance. Let's just sort of start with the basics. Um, What does the word repentance even mean? Yeah, um, you know, in, in Hebrew, the word tshuva, it comes from, it actually comes from the root shuv, to return, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, what I find, what I find to be really amazing is very frequently, uh, the word is actually applied to God and what God would do for our people, that are, you know, that God would, would restore our people, that God would bring our people mm-hmm. back. Uh, but at its, but at its, you know, at its foundation, uh, at least in the Hebrew sense, it 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 means to return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Seth, what role would you say uh, repentance plays in someone coming to faith in Yeshua? Why is it important? Well, you know, it's it's interesting that when you think about, um, you know, the whole notion of why Yeshua came, right? Yeshua came to actually to to provide forgiveness of sins, right? And so we look at, you know, one of the classic chapters in Isaiah chapter 53, um, right? The forbidden chapter. Mm. And his whole role as a as an atoning sacrifice, yeah. right? And I think at the very core, a relationship with God, I mean, even when we talk about Yom Kippur, a relationship with God is the realization that we violated his laws. We've broken his commandments. Mm. We there's something essentially broken within us. Mm. 
And I think that that's a really key realization when it comes to our relationship with God that, you know, why would anybody ever turn to Yeshua uh, were it not for the fact that they understand that, um, hey, I'm I'm separated from God. My sins have separated me from God. Um, You know, Isaiah chapter six, uh, an amazing passage where you know the prophet Isaiah sees God and he sees the holiness of God and he hears that these burning ones these seraphim these angelic beings holy 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 crying out and his response to God is woe is me woe is me and God in order to you know in order to use Isaiah where he you know who will go before us he first has to deal with Isaiah's unclean lips with his with his sin. Yeah. And so I think at the very heart of a relationship with God is the realization that there's something broken that needs to be fixed. There's sin that needs to be dealt with. And I think that that's where repentance comes in is the realization, hey, I'm I'm not right with God. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And and how do we know if repentance is even genuine? I think that's probably even for a mature believer. Uh, you know, you, you play mind tricks with yourself and you wonder, like, is was this even genuine? Like, how, how can we know? Yeah, um, I, I'm always a little bit careful about, you know, when it, when it comes to trying to determine what's genuine, what's not mm. genuine. I think that that's in God's hands. Yeah. I, I would just simply say this, that, you know, I there's no question that, you know, being the scriptures talk about being born from above and in, in John chapter three, mm-hmm. being born from above. That's something very supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, a passage that I, I really love is in Ezekiel. And I, let me just read it. It's, it. It talks about the what God would do with our people in Ezekiel 36 and verse 24. Let me just, hold on. I got to get my Bible open here. Yeah. Yeah, God says about our people, I will take you. This is from Ezekiel 36, starting verse 24. For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you and remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. It's really interesting that as I see this, that, you know, there's something supernatural that God, you know, when God starts to convict us of Mm. sins, that's, that's a work of, you know, that's a work of God. The very fact that I, I am warned for my sins and I'm sorry for my sins, right? That that's not, that's not normal. Sin is fun. Right? Why would I ever feel sorry for something that's so pleasurable? Right? But, but you know, there's 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 a work in in God when we start to recognize His holiness and 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 we start to you know this brokenness. But even you know this beautiful passage where God it talk, God says, "I'll put My Spirit within you, and you will be careful to observe My ordinances." In other words, I I see even a, a desire for repentance. You know. Uh, as part of the work of God, it's not something I produce in myself. I, you know, it's not something I can, you know, I can muster up or try really hard to do. What are the steps of repentance? I, I see that, you know, in my own life, there were just these key moments where, 
I was just so overwhelmed with with my filth. I think a lot of it comes with pondering the holiness of God, you know, realizing that God is holy, realizing that God is perfect. Um, you know, so in terms of determining whether whether repentance is genuine or not, um, I I I would you know my my own personal thoughts here is we could we could that 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 would almost be a rabbit trail. We could never you know if we if we if we we could end up worrying about that all the time, and and I think that that would be unhealthy for for a thriving spiritual relationship. In other words, you know. How do I really know that I've repented? How do I? How do I really know that I've loved God? I, you know, I, I, whenever I come to those places, I just come back again to the, you know, to the gospel. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him, you know, will not perish but have everlasting life. Did I believe in Him? I did. Why? <laughs> Because I know I was perishing. And so that's where my comfort is. is I, I don't look to, I don't look to how genuine I am. I look to the gospel. I look to God. I look to His character. I look to His goodness, and that's where my security comes from. We'll be right back. There are many passages in the Bible that speak about the Messiah, but how can we understand them? Isaiah 53 Explained, written by Chosen People Ministries President Dr. Mitch Glazer, is a great resource for those who are searching for truth and looking to have a relationship with God. This book contains testimonies, a list of messianic prophecies, and an in-depth look at how we can receive atonement for our sins. Download the ebook for free at isaiah53.com today. Shalom, I'm Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. In Romans 1:16, the Messianic Jewish apostle Paul wrote, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek." These words are for all believers, Jews and Gentiles alike. God clearly has a heart to reach the Jewish people, His chosen people, with the good news that the Messiah has come. That same passion has inspired Chosen People Ministries to establish a global outreach among Israelis from Israel to New Zealand to India to New York and beyond. To discover how you can share the good news. That Jesus is the Jewish Messiah with Jewish people this year. Visit Chosen People Ministries at chosenpeople.com/radio. One thing that really resonated with me when I watched your I Found Shalom testimony is you mentioned how, after you first started to believe in Yeshua, you went through this really bad season of guilt where you would repent and be born again, and then you would be born again again. And born again, 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 and I went through the same exact thing when I first came to faith. I was 14, and I know we probably have listeners who are new believers in Yeshua and who may be struggling with some guilt.、Uh, how would you explain the difference between conviction of the Holy Spirit and guilt that maybe would drive us away from God? Yeah, I mean, it's such a good question. So you know, 
as I understand it, you know, I do believe there's a real devil that really wants to, his, his job is to accuse mm-hmm. us. And his accusations will always leave us with despair, right? And that, that's how the, de- the devil likes to leave us with total despair. Mm. But, but, but never, never in scripture, when God convicts people of sin, are they ever left with despair, at least not for long. In other words, you know, if you look at Isaiah chapter 6, you know, Isaiah says, woe is me for I'm ruined, chapter, verse 5, because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among the people of unclean, unclean lips. From my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. But then immediately, there, no time even elapses that God basically sends, a, you know, one of the angels uh, with burning coal from the altar, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the whole connection with sacrifice. And he touches Isaiah's lips. And, and says, you know, your iniquity is taken away. And so I think, I think that, you know, this whole notion of despair is, is definitely not something of God. I think that a conviction of sin, you, you know, always has to come with a deep sense of hope, mm. right? I mean, that's the heart of God. I mean, you think about, it's interesting, if you look at the structure of the Torah, almost dead center in, in the Torah is the Day of Atonement. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. literally a, like a chapter short of being dead center in the Torah. So the heart, of, the heart of the Torah is God's provision uh, for, for a removal of sin, right? And so I would, again, I would argue that, um, you know, for me, that, that I think, you know, with my own testimony, I think the despair came about because of some lapses in my own understanding of the gospel. I, I do really, I believe that I was, I, I had, I, I was made new. Mm-hmm. God changed me when I put my faith in Yeshua. That said, it took me a few years to really, to come to a clear sense of the fact that, you know, that I didn't need to be scared to death of God because he really did love me. I mean, the proof of his love was in the Messiah, Yeshua. And so I, I, as a sinner, I could run not away from God and cowering in fear. I can run to him assured that he would, that, that he has removed my guilt, that he has taken all of my sin, you know, on the cross. Mm-hmm. So, so again, any time that God is at work, repentance ought to lead us, you know, to, to hope. If there's despair, then clearly we're not looking to Yeshua, we're looking to ourselves. And whenever we look to ourselves, we'll always despair. We, as soon as we start to look to ourselves, we're going to feel guilty and horrible. The first thing we need to do is look immediately to Yeshua and his His perfect sacrifice. Amen. Thank you so much for explaining the difference between those two things. Now, you grew up in a Jewish household, and you also just know a lot about Judaism. What does Judaism teach about repentance and how it relates to atonement? Does it relate to atonement in Judaism, the way they understand it? Well, you know, at least the way I see it, you know, at least in the land of Israel, I see that the Day of Atonement 
you can, you can really think in terms of repentance, oftentimes associated with the Day of Atonement. And as I, as I see it played itself out, um, there's sort of this, this process of, you know, thinking about the people that you've hurt and going and, and making amends. And, and but, but what ends up happening is there's a confusion almost that the repentance itself makes mm-hmm. atonement. Okay. In other words, there's a sense in which my actions are, 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 are what actually makes atonement for my sin. But that's a total misunderstanding of the Day of Atonement. And it's really interesting. In Leviticus chapter 16, um, in Leviticus 16, towards the end, let me just uh, get there here. Hold on, let me see here. Verse, verse 29. This shall be a permanent statue for you in the seventh month of the tenth day of the month. You shall humble your souls and do and 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 not do any work, whether the native or the alien who so- sojourns among you. For it is on this day that atonement shall be made for you mm. to cleanse you. What's really interesting is that the day of atonement is not a it's not a it's not a feast, it's not a festival. In other words, there were three festivals where you came up to Jerusalem three times a year, right? The Day of Atonement, you were commanded to stay home. And the only work that you have to do, the only thing you do is you afflict your soul, which I do believe is is to fast, right? To feel sorry, okay? But what's interesting is the fasting here or the affliction of the soul does not make repentance or it doesn't make atonement it receives atonement in other words the work of atonement is completely out of our hands it's completely the work of the high priest the high priest does all the work and we simply by afflicting our souls by repenting you could you could almost replace you know replace the word fasting here with believing in other words you know i I don't make atonement for myself i receive atonement Mm. and and atonement can only be made by the high priest no one else can make atonement and that's why we believe in the in the priestly work of yeshua as as you know a priest according to the order of melchizedek so so again as i see things played out in israel it's almost as if the, the, the repenting is what makes atonement, mm-hmm. which I think is a fundamental misunderstanding. I, I think that there is no atonement apart from the high priest. There's no atonement apart from a sacrifice. It, my, my repentance, in, in a sense, receives by faith the atonement that's been made for me. Wow. So how, just kind of in that same thought, how would you explain then repentance? in light of Yeshua to a Jewish person? How would I explain repentance to a Jew? Well, again, uh, you know, there's no question when you look at, when you look at the scriptures, if you look at the Torah, there's just something that you find again and again, um, a, a fundamental brokenness, a separation. Uh, between us and God. And I think that repentance, you know, is this 
recognition. It's a, it's it's a, it's coming to an understanding that I have I I I'm separated from God because of my actions that I have that I have um, offended Him in in my behavior in my selfishness right uh, and and so repentance is I as I would understand it it would be simply an understanding. Hey, I have sinned, and I need a way back. Mm-hmm. I am separated, and I need a way back. Um, I, I, I think Isaiah fifty-three, to a certain extent, kind of sums it up very well. You know, um, verses four through six. Surely our griefs he himself bore, our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. Verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. That in and of itself, the realization, I have turned my own way. I have gone astray. I think that is crucial in a return to God. But how do we return to God? Is it something I do? No. It's the realization that but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. And I think it's at that moment of the realization that, you know, I've gone astray. I've turned my own way. And instead of punishing me, God put my sin on the Messiah. I think that that's that's the core of of what repentance looks like. So, Seth, throughout Scripture, um, there are times when God called the Israelites to collective repentance. We, we see it with the prophets, turn back to God, turn back to God, turn back to God. Uh, would you say communal repentance still has a place in our world today? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you look at Nehemiah, you know, the prayer, Nehemiah and Ezra, where the people collectively gathered and cried out. Of course, I think that there's something very, you know, I, you know, as a community, I think that there there is a place. Um, you know, I also think that you know, I look at Daniel chapter nine, where Daniel is also grieving over the sins of his of his people, and he's he's praying and he's crying out. Um, so I do think that there is there, there is a place uh, of the community mm-hmm. uh, interceding for and praying for and crying out for and and confessing sin. You know, James, the book of Jacob, James talks about confessing our sins one to another. And so I do see that there's a something very um, important in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a communal approach to God where we, we collectively, you know, confess our sins. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that there's something very healthy and very beautiful in that. Mm-hmm. And as the body of Messiah, as believers in Jesus in community with each other, and even out in the world, there are times when we're going to offend people, and there are times when there's going to be misunderstandings. 
So how should we repent and seek each other's forgiveness? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, when Jesus talked about, he sure talked about the, the two greatest commandments, right? Loving God and loving our neighbor, you know, and I think that that's something that the moment that we understand that we've offended somebody, I do think it's, you know, we don't wait till, you know, a few days before Yom Kippur to get things right. I think that, you know, I think that it's really important to live a lifestyle that to the best of our ability, um, when we know that we've offended somebody that, you know, we go and we, we confess our sins and we say, listen, please forgive me. Um, I think as a, you know, as a witness for people, by the way, I also think that there's a beautiful model in Stephen as Stephen was being stoned. Yeah. Right. And, and, and the final words before he, he died was father, forgive them, you know, which I think is also, you know, not just, you know, us going to people mm. when we've sinned against them. I think that that's to a certain extent, that's far easier than forgiving people that have sinned against us. Mm. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this whole notion of, you know, I think Stephen living this life of his final words were letting go of any kind of an, mm. you know, um, any any hatred or bitterness towards towards those that 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 actually hurt him, right? Wow. And so, um, yeah, I think that that's a it's 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 just it's a, it's a, it's it's a, it's an important way to live. And of course, and we all know this, there are some relationships that. You know, to the best of our, you know, th th there are some people that will refuse to live at peace with yes. us. There, there are, you know, that unfortunately we live in a world where, you know, there are certain people that that will choose to never reconcile, or they, they will never, um, that you know, we, you know, will live estranged from them, short of a, of a miracle. Mm -hmm. And I think in those situations. Um, what we need to be doing, and I, and I and I try my very best to practice this myself, is that the, the the very people that you know that you have no power to, there's nothing within your own hands that can 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 bring some kind of a healing or, or reconciliation. Those are the people that I, I regularly pray mm. for, so that in my own heart, you know, I don't allow bitterness to creep in. In my own heart, I don't allow myself to live. Uh, with any sense of having been treated unfairly or or bitterness, mm -hmm. I just I, I think the root of bitterness is very very dangerous and very very destructive. And I I think that we need to to make sure never to allow ourselves to be, uh, you know, never to put ourselves in the prison of bitterness mm -hmm. and unforgiveness. And in light of forgiving others. Why is it important that we forgive others? And why is it not just enough that we know that God forgives them? Why do we need to forgive them? Well, I think in, it's interesting in Matthew chapter 18, how many times do we forgive? Seven times? And Yeshua says seven times seven. And I think that, you know, the met, why do we forgive is because we've been forgiven. And no matter what people have done against us, it doesn't compare to a lifetime offenses that we've accumulated against mm. God, right? And so I think that the recognition, the realization of the gospel that God has forgiven me, you know, of, of, of all of my sins, he holds nothing. I mean, I've been graciously and completely 
forgiven. And I, and, and so we forgive because he forgave us. We love because he first loved us. So to that extent, I think that, you know, I think that when we, when we choose not to forgive, we're, we're actually choosing to deny the truth of the gospel that's saved us. Mm. Seth, as we, as we wrap up uh, this amazing episode, thank you so much uh, for just walking us through this. I'd like to just ask this question. How has God's immense grace changed your life as a Jewish believer in Messiah? Yeah. Um, you've heard my testimony and, and, I think that there was there was there was a period in my life where I I really I detested and loathed myself. I felt detestable to God and detestable to those around me. And one of the greatest moments of my life was the realization that I'm not detestable to God that he he loves me with an everlasting love and it's really interesting that 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 moment of embracing god's perfect love which was was it was a real moment in my own spiritual development um it has sort of become the theme of the rest of my life like i am very drawn to people who hate themselves <laughs> i it just I, I, I just, you know, I, I, you know, and you, it's easy to typically spot the people that loathe themselves, yeah. right? And, and so I'm really, I'm really drawn to the down and outers uh, because I was a down and outer. And one of the passages that has meant a lot to me is in Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42, it talks about the Messiah. Behold my servant whom I be uphold my chosen one in whom my soul delights i have put my spirit upon him he will bring forth justice to the nation to the nations he will not cry out or raise his voice nor make his voice heard in the street verse three is really important a bruised reed he will not break and a dimly burnt a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish and i think that the love of God in my life, there was a time where I was a dimly burning wick. I was a very bruised reed. And Yeshua didn't crush me. Mm. He didn't break me and he didn't extinguish me. He fanned to flames. Wow. What, you know, his own love in my heart. And so I think that that has really been something that gives me more delight than anything else I can think of is to find those people that feel completely dejected, rejected, ugly in God's eyes, ugly in people's eyes. And and with the gospel, the good news that God loves them unconditionally and do anything and everything I can to encourage them to fan those flames. Um, you know, so that's that's really been, I'd say, the theme of most of my adult life. Amen. Thank you, Seth. Thank you for being a part of this. It was a really, really special episode. Thank you so much. Thanks, Seth. Whatever you have done in the past, whatever you may be struggling with, however far from God you may feel, there is hope. 
When we repent and trust in the Messiah, we can be confident that God forgives us. Not only that, he forgives us joyfully and makes us a new creation. Living a life that honors God is an ongoing journey and we'll never do it perfectly until Yeshua returns. Thankfully, God's grace is immeasurable. We will close by reading Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Our Hope featuring Dr. Seth Pastel. If you enjoyed this, there's three things you can do for us. One, you can subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to, uh, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts. You can also leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We'd love to hear your feedback. And then lastly, you can help us continue producing high quality digital resources by giving at ourhopepodcast.com backslash support. Again, that's ourhopepodcast.com slash support. This episode was produced by Nicole Vaca and Grace Swee, written by Rachel Larson, and edited by Grace Swee. This episode was also created thanks to Dr. Mitch Glazer, Kyron Bautista, and John Bautista. I'm Abe Vasquez. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Our Hope. If you like our show and want to know more, check out OurHopePodcast.com or ChosenPeople.com. You can also support our podcast by giving today at OurHopePodcast.com slash support. See you next time.